Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Birds of a Feather, the Ball State Alumni Podcast. This is your host, Caitlin Myers, and today we're going to be discussing with one of our special guests. Let me get into it. So what have you been up to since graduation? A lot. I graduated forever ago. So <laughs> lots of gray on my beard and my hair. Um, so I graduated in 2002 and with my undergrad in 2004 uh, with my master's degree, uh, one from the TCOM department and the other one from the Department of Journalism, my master's degree. Um, I've been through a lot. Um, I uh, was fortunate enough to be the last assistant men's track and field coach at uh, Ball State prior to the team, uh, the men's track and field team um, uh, uh, being canceled um, at that time. That was a great opportunity. And then from there, I left actually trying to figure out what to do with uh, the degree paths that I um, that I took on, probably like many students, like, okay, is this an actual job? Like, what am I supposed to do next? Um, and I just kind of started that hunt. And um, at that time, it was kind of hard to be, uh, I guess, beggars can't be choosers when you're just getting out of school. So it was, I wanted to um, stay kind of on the path of the investment uh, in my degree. But at the same time, I was, I had bills to pay um, and had to get things done. So explored a few different things and then landed at a uh, actual company local in Muncie. Um, it was called Rudder Communications. And I was able to, it was essentially, I was the director of market development when I started. And um, they would show me like pro formas about business and things. And I had no idea what any of them meant. Like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I don't know what to think. I've never seen one of these. <laughs> I've got a journalism degree, you know? So uh, I, but I went about doing that. And essentially it was just uh, cable advertising sales for like local markets or around the country. I would start these new, if you ever saw a furniture commercial or a car commercial in one of these outposts, that was essentially what my job was, go in there and get all those deals done and put them together. So a lot of it was learning on the fly. Um, and in the meantime, I married my, my wife, who I met my junior year at Ball State. So go cards there. That was nice. Um, we currently have five kids, my newest being only three months old. And we still uh, happily live here in Muncie, Indiana. Um, and I had most of this whole time. After um, I got through um, working there, I realized I missed coaching. I missed being in leadership. Um, and I took a job at a company called uh, Compendium Blogware down in uh, Indianapolis, working for Chris Baggett, um, who had, uh, was one of the co-founders of Exact Target, which is a large um, email marketing company. And uh, I was able to lead a team of inside sales folks for yeah, about a year and some change. I had about a team of like between 12 and 14 people. And once again, in another job where I had no idea what I was doing, um, I never led a team of salespeople, didn't really know what that was. And just kind of learned on the fly, tried to use as much of my coaching experience as I could. And um, all the while, what I was applying um, over and over again that I um, deemed more and more valuable to me was it wasn't the individual classes and what any teacher taught me in terms of just the substance of a book or anything that I learned at Ball State. It was the ability to learn and learn quicker that I got and I used over and over again for a period of time from my degree path, particularly getting my master's degree, um, being able to writing a thesis, coming up with my own research instruments, doing things that really stretched me forced me to have to systematize how I learned. And that was um, a serious competitive advantage for me as I entered the marketplace. So I used all those tools to learn quickly. We grew the company um, 
I don't know the, the, the final dollar amount, but to substantial millions more than when I found it, which was, you know, good. And then from there, I actually um, moved on to um, actually got fired. So that happens sometimes. Should, that should be noted. Uh, I got let go of that role from that job. And um, the consulting company, Advisa, that was working with us using uh, behavioral assessments tools and psychology instruments to help me coach my team and hire people, they had reached out to me a couple months after that um, and said, hey, we think you might have a talent for this. And I walked into the, the business and I looked around. I said, I, I feel like I'm going to bring the average age down in here to about 50 years old. I mean, everyone was so old. I'm like, I've managed people for a year. What the heck do I know? I'm like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll help you figure it out. I'm like, all right. Well, and I figured at least, Caitlin, I could, um, at minimum, even if I didn't, it didn't work out, I'd have something to learn. I would learn from these folks. They taught me a lot already. Hey, this is a worthy investment of my time. And I was just a lifelong learner anyway. I'm like, this is going to be good. This can't hurt me on my career path to go into this and, and, and learn. So it's been 11 years now. And I'm still learning, working with that company, which I work in leadership development, coaching, um, and then uh, behavioral assessment software. So I'm, I'm with a team. I mean, last year I was with a, a team in a, in a very large company over in Italy, training their executive team and, and, and using our tools and working better together. I also work with companies just local here in Muncie. And then I'm all over the place with uh, my largest company has 89,000 employees that I work with. And then uh, my, my smallest has, I think, uh, three employees in it. And I spend my time doing that. So that's what I've been up to. And I also own um, the Arsenal and Muncie CrossFit here locally in Muncie. So it's a CrossFit sports performance facility uh, with, uh, at this point, I think we have about 150 plus members that work at that facility. And I'm launching a um, youth uh, uh, esports league with two other uh, friends, one also a graduate from Ball State, another one from the University of Kentucky. Um, here in Muncie as well, that's meshing leadership development with gaming for kids uh, ages 10 upwards of 17 years old. So what do you think like is the most exciting thing about your job itself? Ooh, uh, I think there's a, there's a lot. I, I get to go to work every day. I get to go to work on, I look forward to Mondays. Like I, I like, I really like what I do. I think that um, unlocking um, for somebody in a conversation, an individual level, unlocking um, for somebody their self-confidence, helping them understand how much more latent potential they're walking around with when they have a defeatist mindset or when they think they're stuck or trapped um, and helping them, you know, get the, the, the rungs on a ladder or the holds on the kind of rock wall of their life. And they realize like, wait, I can do this. Oh, wait, there is an option. And I think even in a bigger sense that, you know, I, I think love solves a lot of problems and love is like, you know, willing the good of the other, you know, as other, you know, unconditional and going out and seeing people use data tools and things that I have to just live a more compassionate like existence in all their relationships, particularly with the people they don't like or agree with. I think if we had more of that on a lot of levels, I think we'd see progress a lot faster. And I think that in a lot of the work that I do, I'm able to take out the villain as having a face. Instead, seeing most people, like 99.9% .9 of them, that you work with, that you interact with, that honestly, that you see on TV that are caricatures of people, um, they're trying to do their best too. And they're not as 
crazy as you maybe once thought they were if you actually knew them and giving people the benefit of the doubt. Um, so like I, I get to do that every day. I get to do it with executive teams, leaders. I get to do it with frontline workers, blue collar, white collar. I mean, there's no industry that I specialize in. So every day is like an entrepreneurship day. I'm in a manufacturing facility. I'm with a, a major clothing manufacturer. I'm with a, another um, international manufacturer of um, like bedding or, or um, beds. Well, who else do I got that's interesting? Data companies. Um, creative companies, advertising agencies, uh, youth detention facilities. Like, I mean, but the problems are the same. It's like, a, it's like a lot of similar problems. Like the externals can be very, look very different, but people's needs getting met. My needs potentially conflicting with your needs, Caitlin. Us having to interact and work together. Um, people that have got hired for jobs that they just didn't know they didn't want to do and reconciling that. I mean, it's like, I mean, picture relationships that have gone great for you and ones that haven't. I mean, at the base level, one just naturally met your needs. You can just be Caitlin and it just felt good and it felt comfortable to be in that. Other ones, you had to like manufacture stuff. It's almost like you had to be a different person to exist. That's what happens with people when they get jobs that the behaviors demand something different than you want to give every day. Those relationships work a lot like the divorce rate in America. <laughs> they don't work so i think the fact that i get to bring that to bear and like and recently like from with my telecommunications degree from ball state i've been um putting together podcasts i have like uh, i've invested in 24 podcasts i think i got four in the can that went out um i facilitate meetings i'm in front of rooms i'm doing keynote speeches talking to people um about their own companies about their own data about um ego change confidence, fear, decision-making, all these themes that happen, you know, between the six inches between our ears. And uh, it, it's fun. And, and the game is rigged because guess who's not interested in talking about themselves? Almost nobody. When I have data that says, hey, I have something that might be interesting to you, everyone's like, really? What's it say? Like, what's that say? So, um, yeah, that's that's what I think is the most rewarding about my work. I think the bringing a, a positive, empowering confidence um, to people um, for them to go out and, and, and be more compassionate to others in both the work environment, home environments, community environments. Wow, that does sound like something that's absolutely amazing. Being able to help people every day and communicate with them be something that would be so great. I mean, especially with journalism and like TCOM, it's so versatile in today's world. Yeah, 100%. I think that um, just not just the technology aspects of it. I know that's kind of the sexy part of it. Like we get to do these cool things and we have these cool tools and we can do all these things. But I think that, you know, if you're in the journalism department, I mean, you're a broker of truth. And there's, there's a lot of responsibility there. I mean, you're the checks and balances for things like, you know, the ball state or local governments or the federal government or the world. I mean, there's, that's a big responsibility and it's easy to become jaded or biased, which makes you part of the problem. Um, and I think on the, on the other hand, when it comes to creating like content and connecting with people, I think those are the type of people that, that when you get out of journalism school or whatever, the best thing, the thing that's like the 4D chess match is how good are your questions? 
can you come up with 1900 other follow-up questions for what that person just said or only two? Because if you can only come up with two, you're not going to last long. I mean, and that's, I mean, I still, I, I'm surrounded by books in here of just, and I'm highlighting the books every day. Like, wow, that was a great question. And it was weird, Caitlin. I knew every single individual word that they used, but as long as I've been doing this, I never used them like that before. I come up with those insights every day. And in, as I'm 40 years old now, and I graduated in 02 and then 04 with my other degree, I feel like I've calcified zero. I don't feel like I have a stuck mindset. I'm still as curious as ever. I get more and more humbled um, as I interact with different environments because I come in with the, the pre-knowledge that I probably don't know much about anything, about these people, this company, anything. So everything's interesting versus if you come in and you have your ego armor on and you have to validate your degree and I'm smart, I'm supposed to be here. All right, what's the person supposed to be here? They wear sunglasses. I'm gonna wear these cool sunglasses and I'm gonna look real hardcore. I'm gonna be like a police officer or I'm gonna look, I'm gonna wear my other glasses and make me look like I'm studio. Like, okay, like I know people that wanna do that. They just tend to be less fun to be around. And last question, um, do you have like any advice for students or just people in general? I think the, the one is particularly if people are listening to, to this under the context of um, I, I went to Ball State or I go to Ball State or I graduated or recently graduated. I know school's expensive and that degree path, but the comment I made about you're not your degree, you're not your job title. You aren't these things. Um, and you're not your college professors. So the people giving you guidance aren't necessarily, you're not going to be doing their jobs or going into even sometimes career paths that they even fully understand. So you can do it on your own. You can change your mind and it doesn't negate the $100,000 investment you made on a college degree. Like you need to look at it as a tool in your tool belt rather than some character feature of you. Well, I'm this and I am a nursing graduate from Boston. I don't care. Are you curious? Are you smart? Yeah. What do you think of what we're doing over here? I like it. Great. Welcome to my team. I don't care about what your grades were. It's, it's just less of those things are material. So I would use your degree, which is valuable. I'm not devaluing that, but use it as a tool belt, not a, a, a in, like an installation to who you are and a path that's pre-laid for you. Same thing. I would further that to what your parents expect out of you. And I have five kids. So I'm, I'm kids. They always, they, I, I learned this line. I like it, you know, kids. And we could say we kids, if we're kids, Caitlin, you know, we don't turn out how our parents wanted us to. We turned out how we were supposed to. And that's okay. All right. Um, if you end up following someone else's path for you, and if you make that decision based upon material reasons, and it, it, I've seen this over and over again, if you don't like your job, there's not a dollar amount that will make you happy. I've seen it. It just won't happen. There is not a person pretty enough or successful enough to give you self-confidence. I mean, you don't need, if you need those things and other people and external things to validate you, you are literally throwing it into a black hole that cannot be filled. It's not a car, it's not a place. Um, I even do an exercise with um, some of my younger employees where we talk about, hey, um, I need to take five minutes and I want you to write down all the, the earliest signs that you've made it that you got there in life, whatever it is. I want you to write as many as you can down. Like the nearest thing when this happens to me, I had one person tell me in, in this exercise, I mean, you get some funny stuff. I'll be able to order um, my, uh, 
my burrito from Chipotle and say, um, I want guac. And they say that's extra and I won't have to care. Like little things like that, that I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm established. I've, I've been successful financially. So it's something I don't even think about anymore. Mine's like calibrated differently, but I keep going through that. And what you're going to find if you do that work, even five minutes for yourself, what are all the things? All of those aren't the things. You can draw an arrow from those to the feeling that you want to have right now, which you can have right now. There's stories you told yourself. When I get that, then I'll feel. When I get that, then I'll feel. When I meet this guy or when I meet this girl, then I'll feel, then I'll be allowed. So you're literally holding all of this stuff in a jail cell, all these different people and feelings that you've created a story that you'll let them out at these different timers. By the time I'm 30 or by the time I'm 40 or when I get a call, when, and whereas it's like, hey, listen, who made the jail cell, Caitlin? Who's got the keys? You do. So it might be like, oh, that sounds nice, BJ, but it goes back to the third thing I'll tell you. Number one, the degree, it's a tool. Number two, whether it's parents or other things outside that degree, you're not stuck unless you decide you are. It's your call on your path. And I would say, follow that path. And it's not as trite as follow your dreams because some people's dreams are stupid. Like it's just, it's not gonna, it's your dream. You're, you're not to the place where you even know what your dreams are. If you know some of those people where you're like, what you think that is, is not what it is. But if you need to go screw up to figure it out, go ahead. Um, but the third thing is, is once you start knowing what your aims, once you start doing self-evaluation, like do the internal work, there's a litany of books, the best book I've ever read on it. And it's not very big at all. It's called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Awareness by Anthony DeMello. That would be a great building block for anybody to think about who are you? What are you? What are you attached to? Um, and are you even awake to kind of do some of these things that would ultimately lead to your happiness? And through reading that book or doing that work, and this is the final thing I'll, I'll leave you with, at some point, it's got to go on your agenda for the day. It actually has to be put into behavioral terms so that it fits in Caitlin's day or BJ's day. Because if I start my day looking at who texted me, or if I check my emails first thing, or if I go on social media first thing, I have literally opened the floodgates of everyone else's priorities into my life before I've even looked at my own. So I'm not saying, you know, grow a beard like I have and go out into the woods and don't look at technology. I mean, that's, I'm not Pollyannish at all with this. I mean, have those tools. But again, much like your degree, those are tools to serve you. You don't serve your phone. You don't serve your inbox. You don't, that, that's not how it works. If you get caught in that mindset, you become a victim. So turn it into behavioral terms for yourself so that every day if reading we talked about before is on there. I even have it on my, my to-dos here. I have to read at least 20 minutes a day. I don't check that box till I read it and I go through and I order it my day. I work out every single day except Sunday. It's there every day. It's an installation and it gets easier and easier every day that I do it like a path in my brain. So take some of those terms and put them down and every single one you do, it's going to give you that. It's going to free you and more and more and more from the stories you tell about yourself, from all the labels you put on yourself and other people put on you. And after a while, you know, when you got, I'll tell you mine, BJ, when are you going to, how do you know you got there, BJ? It's when you call me anything you want, anything, whether it's true or not. And I don't care either way because I don't identify with any of the labels you, you give me. I identify with the label person and I'm trying my best. And it, you can call me what you want at some point. And a lot of the, I've got, I've come a long way and, you know, even work with my kids. and like, it just doesn't make, it's, it doesn't make us, if that makes a difference to you, your life's going to be pretty upsetting. Why? Because 
how successful have you been making people call you things or do things for you or treat you a certain way? Well, it's been awful. Oh, great. That's the rest of your life. Enjoy it. Versus me. It's like, well, I'll call you what you want. And like, man, PJ, can you believe what that person just said to you or did to you? And this happens to my kids. I'm like, yeah. Like, why? I'm like, well, first of all, they don't know me, do they? They're like, well, no. So is what they called me accurate? They're like, no, no. I'm like, so what do I have to worry about? I don't care. Like, that's not who I am. And if they knew me, the, the downside for them is they probably like me, you know, and it's like, and I might like them, you know, I made it caught them on a bad day. So you're not your degree. It's a tool. Okay. You're not the path that other people paved for you unless you choose to be. And if you ever feel stuck, you stuck yourself. Okay. And don't, don't run away from that. Own it. It's going to feel awful by the way, but own it. You can fix it. And the third thing is do something to build up your self-awareness, awareness so that you can instill daily habits, daily behaviors, even micro five minute here, 10 minute there to start owning, channeling the life that you want into right now, like today, this afternoon, not some future version of Caitlin that when everything's okay, I'll be able to, it's never going to be okay until you start doing the work. So, and the beautiful thing is from my degree through school, Ball State was huge when it came to my development as a person becoming a grown up understanding how to learn and apply these things. And as you can tell, I, I could not talk like I do now when I was at Ball State, I promise you that much. But I've taken my education and I've kept educating myself nonstop since I left. And I, I'm, since I left, it's funny, I actually live, like I could throw a rock at Ball State from my house. So did he really leave? No, but I mean, I stopped taking classes. So I'm, I'm here and I'm still learning. And I think everyone has that opportunity. Thank you for turning in, tuning in to Birds of a Feather. Make sure to turn, tune in next week for a brand new episode with a brand new guest. This has been Ball State's Alumni Podcast. Have a great night, everybody.